Welcome to Mo Man Talk. I'm your host, Shisel Moa. Our guest is an ex-football coach. During his coaching career, he actually tried out for a kicker for the NFL, but he unfortunately did not make it. However, that led him to be what he does now, a high-performance coach. But first, let's thank our sponsors, and let's get right Today's sponsor is Collective Vision Fashion. Do you know how to sew? Or are you a fashion designer? This group is seeking for fashion designers and to competing in winning cash prize. Well, if you do, check them out on Facebook at Collective Vision Fashion. Now on to the show. We are super excited today, guys. Uh, if you can see the feed, if you're watching us on Visio, we got two bald guys today. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they say that these bald guys are, by rumor, going to be rich. You know, like Jeff Bezos and, and I mean, so forth and so on, right? The, the Rock and stuff like that. Hey, look at us, huh? I don't consider myself bald though. When people say bald, that means that I can't grow here anymore. Okay? I just shave my head. So <laughs> I like that. Cheap, easy. You do it yourself. Yes. <laughs> uh, Ellie, tell us one thing we do not know about you, man. Uh, one thing that people may not know about me. Yeah, that you know, that think about that one a little bit. Um, that. Oh, I, I, so when I was playing, when I was a little bit younger, I was playing flag football and I broke my finger right there, right? My ring finger here. Okay. And it went 90 degrees. Yeah. Okay. And right at that moment when it broke, people didn't see, right? Nobody knew it was 90 degrees, like literally 90 degrees. <laughs> I popped it back and that's why it looks like this. You know, I didn't get it surgically repaired. Went to the doctor and everything. I popped it back in. And continue with the next play and just kept on playing um you know and afterwards and people said hey you look like you're grabbing your finger i was like yeah i broke it it went 90 degrees on me you didn't see it but it went 90 degrees and i popped it back and just continued playing the adrenaline that was in me at that moment is like whatever like pop it back and keep playing right so uh, not many people know that it, it went 90 degrees but only i saw it and i popped it back and I do have proof, like here, so people can see, right? It's my finger right there. So. Kind of, maybe eighty. Yeah. yeah. Ten percent now, and it's only ten percent. It healed. It healed. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, you didn't feel any pain, any red, any red pain the following day, nothing. Oh, the, the day, the following day was there was pain. There was pain. <laughs> it was sore. Uh, it was hurting. It was bruised. All of that. Um, I put in a splint, but you know, putting in a splint can only do so much. No, I didn't. I had an option of like, do I want to go in and get it surgically repaired and fix it? And now it's it's okay. It still functions. I still feel uh, no more strength in it. And there's no there's no pain now. So right. I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah. The you know, I recall you were in the East Coast in um, um, Boston area, and now you just reside in Twin City two months ago. Am I correct? I mean, we're looking outside, and it's just like white cocaine everywhere, man. Correct. Correct. So I'm originally from here. My family's here. This is Twin Cities area is home to me. Uh, we moved out to the Boston area. Uh, you know, my family and I, my wife, two kids, we, we were out there for about four years and we love out there. It was great. It was very similar to how it is here in the Twin Cities. Not as cold, uh, not as much snow. And yes, last week when we did get snow that day and I was texting my friends back, back out east we're like hey look what we have today look at all this white stuff outside they're like haha it's 70 degrees and sunny here i'm like yeah i know i know so um you know we're, we're excited to be back home we're glad to be back home and um uh, be around family again family and friends that we've missed right and uh, also with that we, we took for granted being around Hmong people you know we didn't see as many Hmong people unless we went out to like rhode island right it's providence rhode island there's a bigger Hmong population there uh, there's a few pockets among people around Massachusetts, but you don't get what you get from here. To welcome back. I'm I'm new here myself too. Not not even close to a year yet, but welcome back. Well, we're glad you're here. Likewise. Uh, speaking of, you mentioned your your wife too. Your wife is also a coach, just like yourself, right, Illy? Correct. Correct. Yeah, she does business coaching. Um, you know, the funny thing is, like when her and I talk, we say, hey, we're not going to coach each other, right? Because we, we don't want to go down that road like, hey, I'm coaching you, you're coaching me. Like, no, we don't want to bring that up. We're not going to talk about that unless we ask each other for advice and stuff. So we're like, yeah, that, that coaching, we we put it off to the side when we're having our conversation. 
I'm gonna chuckle on that. Yeah, I've <laughs> chuckled about that to myself. Uh, how did you? How did you and your wife meet? Uh, so we so we we've been together for ooh, twenty plus years, man. You know, we got married when we were younger. Um, I met her through friends of of friends and high school sweethearts. So oh. I met her when you know we were both still in high school, and there was this influx of. Uh, people among people that were moving from california to minnesota at that moment right so it's like oh these these california girls are moving up to minnesota who are these california girls and she was one of them so you know she caught my eye and ever since then and you know we've been together and it's been 21 22 years that we've been together you make the initial move or she, she did <laughs> i like to say she did but she likes to say i did <laughs> what so you you say she made the issue so who, no who, i did i did yeah. you did okay so you <laughs> yeah. made the next move hey can i get your number yeah. let's get some yeah. coffee like that oh no there's no coffee then you know we were teenagers so it's like you know coffee wasn't it was like hey let's go hang out let's uh you know at that time i was driving already so luckily i was able to drive and uh we were able to go do you know stuff like play pool go bowling um just catch a movie you know hang out that kind of thing and just like that, fast forward 20 years already, huh? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's been an awesome ride. You know, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, but it's been awesome. Like, I wouldn't trade it for anything. have uh, adorable kids, too, man. Oh. <laughs> we love them to death. We, they are why we do what we do. They are the ones who um, help us move where we want to go because with her growing up with divorced parents and then me growing up with uh, my dad passing away when I was eight you know so we didn't her and I we didn't have a father figure in in our lives like we didn't have that one person who would teach us a father figure type so you know we we both know how important it is to have both parents play a role in the upbringing we're gonna talk about why these kids of yours is a motivation for you to be a coach but first let's go a little bit back at one point you were trying out for uh nfl regional combat in seattle as a kicker am i correct 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 because yeah. you mentioned your that, football that's... you mentioned your football you know you were playing football and then you proceed on doing and pursuing that and you also find you know now you're a wife and i could just imagine she, you know you she couldn't a finger on you, but of course your finger is cricket, so it probably didn't fit in properly yeah. or fit at all at the time. <laughs> so, anyhow, fast forward. Let's I mean, let's backward into your football career. Can you tell me more about that. I mean, you seem like you're tempted to be a kicker for NFL. Yeah, that was a that was a fun ride. Um, you know, my my wife was my biggest cheerleader then. Uh, my family, you know, was very supportive of what I wanted to do and at that time my son was maybe like four or five and he was like all excited about his dad going to trial for NFL right so how it all started was the NFL has these um, combines in different parts of the country because the NFL is all about the elite right the best of the best and they want to turn over every rock they can they want to make sure they cross their uh, their T's dot their I's and they want to make sure that they can find every hidden gem out there. So here they have these pockets of combines throughout the country in different parts of the country. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go and try out in Seattle because that was the one that worked for me time-wise. Um, you know, it gave me, this was about December and then a combine was in March. So leading up to it, um, you know, I, I sent them um, my application. I went in, they said, okay, you have previous playing experience. You're good to go. So here I, I got this answer back. Well, first they said no, because this isn't a fantasy camp. We want people who have um, some college playing experience, somebody who has uh, experience playing football. I was like, I do. This is, this is where I played. You know, I played at, you know, Concordia University here in the Twin Cities. You know, I've been through it. I've done that. It's not like this is some kind of fantasy camp. So then they came back to me and said, okay, you're legit. We'll, you know, we'll take you in. And then I, I was super excited when I got that notice, right? I was, I was very down at first when I was like, oh, like, why, why? And then when I got, I was like, no, I'm going to keep fighting for this. I'm going to advocate for myself. And, and I fought for it. And, you know, they replied, said, yes. 
come and join. You're legit. So I was like, okay. So that gave me three months to train. I'm like, with my soccer history or soccer playing background, I was like, I can totally do this because, you know, I have confidence in myself picking a soccer ball, um, having a strong leg. I pride myself in that. Um, so I knew that I could do this. It was just a matter of getting in that reps, getting that practice, getting consistency in, leading up to the combine. Um, so it was an exciting time. It was, um, I had Monty Day follow me. And as there, um, I, I was able to get him credential through the NFL. The NFL said, you know, this is not some kind of paper that we can just take in. I was like, no, he's a legit paper guy. He, he has a newspaper. So I was able to get him credential into following me as I went on this journey for this trial. Wow, dude. You mean you're only 5'6 at the time. Yeah. And what were you weighing in? You probably at 145 or something at, at that age? Uh, I was probably like 160. Yeah. Dude, you, you could probably, you could, you could kick, man. I mean, your, your head coach at, at Highland Park, you know, David Zikchik, man, every time you kick, everybody's like, who is this kicker? You know, because you could shoot out, you could land 55, you know, footers, man. I love those high school kids because what we would do is, what, you know, at, just before or after practice, right? So what I'll do is I'll like spin the ball. So it just kind of like spin itself on the ground. And then I'll take a step, couple of steps back and like boot it through the, through the uh, field goal post. And they're like, what? How'd you do that? You know, we can't even do that holding the ball or somebody holding the ball for us. I'm like, no, it, just, it takes a practice and skill, right? Because you got to, the timing has to be right. You got to make sure you get um, enough um, twists on the ball so that it's spinning at a good rate for you to be able to kick it. Um, so, you know, and, and he's very supportive. I, I'm glad that he gave me the opportunity to coach. When I first went out to coach at Highland Park, I said, hey, I want to coach. I don't know anything about coaching, but I'll do whatever you want me to do, right? I'll just come in. I can do anything you ask. So I first started as a volunteer coach and he was a big supporter of me. You know, when I was going through this, he um, provided me with like um, kicking balls. He provided me with, you know, kicking tools, tools to help hold the ball for me. He was very supportive of, of this journey that I was on. However, you did try and you went out there and of course you didn't make it. Because again, they were looking for the best of the best. Yes. And the I would say recruiter said he you were looking for one or two out of you hundred guys. We're sorry, not sorry, but we're being blunt. And you were the ninety-eight that didn't get to choose, correct? And I was fine with that, right? Because I was at the you know, I was a little older, I was more mature. And I got to the point where I was like, I, I'm not gonna go here and compare myself to these other ninety-nine or so whatever players. I'm going in to compare myself against me, right? Because I know I'm gonna give it my best shot. I'm gonna do what I can and not compare myself to the next guy before me, the next guy after me. And just going in with that mindset of I'm going to do whatever I can and show them what I have. And if they like it, they like it. If they don't, then they don't, right? So just going in with that mindset of I'm not preparing myself to the next person, just competing against myself. I love that, man. It's, I honestly would love to see a home brother one day of a jersey behind, doesn't care if it's a Vang, Moore, Sean, whatever, to be pro NFL one. Totally, man. That's that's you know, and now I I got a lot of people that supported me too, right? Just messaging me through Facebook, just saying, "Hey, you know, I I wish you luck on this journey. I wish you well. You know, go and do this." And that's that's what I want. I just want to uh, plant that seed and hey, say, "Hey, you can do this." Because you know, it's hard when as being as Hmong people in this country, it's like we don't see people playing football. We don't see playing baseball, basketball, those kind of things at the elite level so then we don't think it's possible we don't think it could happen but all it takes is somebody to do it first and that and the one the first one doing it not is not necessarily the best one right it's just somebody who's taking that bold step and taking that action of saying hey this is possible like just try it just go and do it so i'm hoping that like yeah like you said that one day we do see that on the back of somebody's jersey in the nfl like hey yeah that's that's one of my own brothers you know so That'd be awesome, yeah. I feel the same, and you're definitely put a, a stepping stone on foundation. Hopefully, we have a monk kid one day. Yes, to see yes. On TV, you know, pro. It doesn't matter what he plays or what position he plays, but at least as a monk, you know, more Vang, Shang, Lord, whatever. Yeah, right. Are. And back of that jersey, like, yeah, that's a monk brother NFL. Like, that's correct. That's correct. Awesome. Yes, and and you know, 
you know, with fantasy football, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to draft that guy on my team right away. <laughs> it's kind of the, I just, because I want to have that, right? So, <laughs> um, You talked about coaching and now you are a coach, man. And we're going to talk about that very sexy right now, dude. It's amazing what you're doing. You are not only a coach, but a high performance coach, man. That's super amazing. So, well, I mean, what is a life coaching? What is a high performance coach? I haven't worked with a life coach myself, but you know, life coach is one who helps individuals say, Hey, what goal do you have for yourself? Set that goal. And I help you achieve that goal. Right. As a high performance coach, here I am working with individuals to get them to set those goals, but we're going to set like ambitious goals, right? What are your wildest dreams? What are your wildest ambitions? Okay. Let's get there. And, and, and high performance is all about reaching those heightened and sustained levels, right? So it's going to be up at that high level and it's going to be sustained for a long period of time. Not just like, oh, here's a peak. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I reached my goal. Now you're going back down. Oh, get set that goal again or coming back down, right? So I just, working with individuals is about getting to that high level and sustain it for long periods of time is what I do as a high performance coach. Ah, so that's a definition of a high performance coach, and that's what you do. Yeah, and and we're looking for people who are looking for that next level, people who want to level up, right? Say, because you just don't want to get your average person, and there's nothing wrong with that. People are comfortable where they're at; that's fine, right? But there's people who are looking to level up, looking to say, "Hey, I want to get to the next level. How do I do that? How how can you help me get there?" And I attribute it to when I first started coaching football, and I went to this coaching clinic and here are these pro coaches right there's this other other asian pro coach nfl coach she was coaching the vikings at that time and i went and asked him pulled him aside and say hey how do you get these super gifted athletes to listen to you to get to um for your to listen to your input right because here they are they're they're better than you they're more gifted than you they're more athletic than you but how do you get them to listen to you? he said these are guys at the elite level, they need to make a minor switch in their game to get to the next level. These are the guys who want to get better. They will listen to you. And I was like blown away by that because I was like, man, these elite athletes, are they going to listen to this coach who doesn't, I mean, as, is it as athletic as them? But he knows the game because he's looking at it from a further lens, right? He's not as close to um, the scenario. So then, he could have that further lens from a part. So, you know, I've taken that from him from that was like 10 years ago. And I've taken that from him and then just kind of use that as my approach moving forward. What's the difference between a consultant and a high performance coach? You know, I would say a consultant is one who, who like teaches and provides you with those tools to say like they, a consultant will come in and say, hey, Ellie, you need to do this and do this so you can get to that next step. You know, a coach is going to come in and say, have you self-discover yourself so that you could have that growth within yourself to say, okay, I do want to get to here. Now the coach will help you, guide you, and help you walk through to get you to where you want to get to. So a consultant is going to come in and say, you need to do this, do this, do this, and teach you and provide you with those solutions. A coach is going to be one who's going to come and just guide you and have you self-discover and have that growth within yourself to get to where you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a high performance coach, you say you wanted to change others, change stamina um, by, by them not achieving what they wanted to do. If so, what, you know, if so, explain in a specific area do you want to focus on, want them to focus on? You know, it's, you know, as being as a high performance coach, it's all about them developing themselves having that self-discovery within themselves and um you know having being a high performance coach it's about what are your wildest dreams you you know not not just like oh i want to be able to make a hundred thousand dollars right that was the goal it's like no do you is that what you want or does what you say five hundred thousand or even a million dollars right okay a million dollars let's let's see where are we at now where do you how are we going to get to that million dollars like what are the steps we need to take what are the steps that you need to take to get there? If that's really, really where you want to go, how can we 
get there because it's all in um, coaching is all about the mindset. It's about in their head. People are playing in their head. People are telling themselves they're not good enough. They can't do it. They're too young, too old, not enough experience, but they've done it. There's, there's um, evidence in the past in their life that they've done something along those lines in order for them to get to where they need to get to. So it's just about digging a little deeper, getting to that deeper part, and then them finding that answer for themselves. As a high-performance coach, is there any area you don't focus on? You mean like if I were to work with clients, like I wouldn't work? No, I want to say there wouldn't be any, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, it's about people who want to get to the next level, right? Because it's high-performance. It's, it's, you know, we want you to get to that elite level. We want you to get to that success level. And whatever that success means to you, right? It's, we don't define it in any certain way. It's how you define it. It's like, oh, Ellie, what do you def- how do you define success? Oh, success is when I am to the point of I have flexibility. I'm able to have autonomy. I'm able to enjoy my life. I don't need, I don't want to work 80-hour work weeks just to be crushing at work. But here, my relationships are suffering. Right, so, so it's about what does success mean to you? And then let's get there. So I wouldn't say that there's no, there's an area that we don't focus on. High performance is a holistic approach. It's about your career, relationships, uh, love interests, health and wellness, all of that combined it together. Because we want you to show up as your best self in all areas of your life and not just one, one particular area. How long have you been coaching? I was having coached my whole life, you know, because <laughs> if you really look at it, coaching is, it's, it's been a whole life journey. It's, you know, just because, you know, you have some kind of certification, some kind of paper, some kind of name after your, like a certification, life coach certification or something along those lines doesn't make you any more of a coach, right? Because all of this coaching is something that I've gotten from being a, um, from a young person up until now, right? Even as a kid, I was tasked with uh, watching over my younger siblings. So I use that as an uh, experience for me in my coaching practice, right? Um, you know, going in, through my middle years of uh, me being um, part of a, a flag football team, right? And being uh, one of the captains, one of the leaders of that team and, and controlling and, well, not controlling, but watching over and leading a group of, young men, you know, 20 to 30 players, you know, I use that as experience for my coaching practice. Coming from education background, working with young students, I use that as a, um, something along with, to help me in my coaching practice. Coming from an athletic coaching background, I use that as my coach practice. I would say, you know, I've been coaching for a while, for, for my whole life. You know, I can use all of those experiences as um, I move forward with my coaching practice. How many clients have you worked with during the time? Um, particularly like the high performance coaching or just like overall? Overall. Overall. Okay. So, you know, I, athletic coaching, I was tasked with leading like groups, like position groups. I was tasked with leading a whole unit, like a whole defensive unit. So I was overseeing, you know, anytime from three to four players in the position group to a whole unit, like. 30, 40 players, right? So having that voice and making sure being firm in what you want to address to get that message across. And then now high performance coaching, working at one-on-one, it's a more intimate level. It's more uh, personal. It's a little deeper. You get to dive deeper because you get that one-on-one time. And also with this coaching practice, high performance coaching, I enjoy group coaching as well. Having a, a group of, you know, anywhere from like, three to 10 or so, because then there's magic that happens within that group. Because if I can be talking to Reggie still, and then, you know, somebody else that's listening can be hearing what you and I are talking about, and they can get little bits and pieces of what you and I are discussing. Like, oh, I totally, I get that. Like, I, I feel that same way. I, I, I struggle with that same challenge, you know, and then there's magic that happens there because then people start feeling like, oh, I'm not alone in this. Like, there's a partnership here. There's a, there's, there's a, a community here that we could help lean on each other to grow together and, and help uplift each other. So that's, it's, I would say that, you know, I've worked with uh, a lot of people and, and I enjoy that 
I enjoy so much. During this pandemic, how many clients are you working with? Um, so, you know, it's, everything's online right now. Everything's virtual. You know, I have uh, two groups that I'm running right now. Um, and there's a group of two, and it is a group of uh, like eight or nine, right? So I'm running those two groups. And then I, I still have my individual clients that I uh, work with. And I enjoy working with those. Um, you know, I like to have a balance of both so that I could have uh, this group dynamic as well as the intimate one-on-one -on -one, uh, deeper connection. At, at one point, you were a football coach and you said you were, you know, trying out for an NFL picker. Why did you decide to become a high-performance coach? You know, if I, if I didn't have a family and I didn't have kids, I probably would have stuck with that football coaching. It's just that the football coaching is so hard to break into. And once you get in, you start at such a, a low level, low paying, um, high work position, right? And I would, I enjoy that. I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't have mind doing that, but then that wouldn't have brought in um, enough money for me to sustain my, my living, right? And sustain my lifestyle. So I'm like, okay, I have to take a break from this. I can't continue doing this because this is not helping me, not helping my family. It's something I enjoy doing. And my wife was super supportive at that time. And she was like, go for it because I know this is a dream. This is all something what you wanted to do. And just having that connection with those players is something that I miss when I stopped playing, when I wasn't playing anymore. Just having that connection back with those players um, and saying, hey, this is, and it's similar to, it's, it's similar to like this life coaching stuff, right? It's high performance coaching because it's here you are working with these individuals to say, breaking down tape, um, watching tape with them saying, hey, just this minor step, this minor adjustment in your, in your step, what do you think that would do? And it just kind of helped them see, oh, yeah, if I step this way, I wouldn't have slipped. I wouldn't have fell on the ground and my guy wouldn't have beat me. So just to get that little, um, for them to see that little adjustment. They say, oh, yeah, that is totally true. So that's very similar to what I do now as a high performance coach. That's why I, I totally love what I'm doing because it's similar to, you know, me going back to coaching on the field. And I can see myself going back to coaching on the field one of these days. Uh, it just probably won't happen anytime yet. My kids are a little older, probably. <laughs> that relates to a nice question. What do you love about coaching the most? The thing I enjoy most about coaching is to see, to, to have these clients or the people that I'm working with to see that they can do it, that they've done it, and just to have that minor adjustment and have them self-discover and have them find it within themselves to be like, oh, if I make this minor adjustment, if I make this, take this next step, if I, like, if I want to lose weight, right, what? I'm so I'm struggling because I need to lose 20 pounds. I don't even know what it. Well, don't think about 20 pounds yet. Sure, 20 pounds is down the road. Let's take a step to lose that first pound first. Let's. What's the next step you can do? Oh, I'll cut out my um my my pot my soda, cut out sugary drink, cut out those um, fatty snacks, right? And you will see that, and then they can start seeing that that with those minor wins, and be like, oh, I can do this, and so that they don't just concentrate on that end goal, be like. Because once if you concentrate that end goal, it's just too long of a, a place for you to go. And then just to, to celebrate those minor wins. And as they gain that momentum, then they could get to that that end goal. And and that just it's just great for them to see when they self-discover themselves, like, oh, I can do this. Oh, like just to get them that to believe in themselves again is just like a um such a, a satisfying um feeling as a coach, right? Just to see them get there. The answer kind of follows up with this is what is the biggest challenge you help one of your clients through? Hmm. Help one of my clients through. Is, I would say I had, I was working for mom and she had a, a adult child, adult daughter that was struggling with um, a drink, had a drinking problem, right? And just to get her to see that she was, she had to cut ties of her daughter because she was enabling her daughter to continue with this drinking problem. And once she saw that she was enabling her daughter and she had to say, I can't, I can't keep taking you in. I can't keep bailing you out when you get locked up. I can't keep um, 
being there for you, you have to see you hit rock bottom for me to, for you to get better, right? So then for her to see that and, and within herself said, oh yeah, you are right. Cause I've been doing this. And then that's why she continues on this process because she'll get better. She'll stop. She'll get caught, continue on again. Right. So just go through this process. And, you know, even when she was going through her um, AA meetings, she would go for a consistent while and then stop going and then continue on this process. And to get my, the client that I was working with at that time to see that. And it was awesome because then afterwards she, she, when she recognized that, and we had a little bit of role play, right. Cause she didn't know how to um, have that conversation. I'm like, okay, you open for role play right now. I'm your daughter. What would you say to me right now? And she just opened up and I was like, look at it. You know what to say. It's just a matter of you like, saying it now and she had that conversation with her daughter the following day and then we got on a call again next the following week she said my daughter quit drinking cold turkey it's been one week now she hasn't drank so i was like awesome so they just continued that process so after like the third call she was still updating me saying you know my daughter has stopped it's been three weeks i was like great you know just just be there to encourage her and just keep encouraging her but remember to that she is in a fragile state, don't like get back to where you were, where you're enabling her. And just for her to see that, that was like awesome. Like that brought tears to my eyes because um, that that's such a that was such a moment for her and her daughter, right? To to be able to get that, um, see that revelation, and and see um, that piece there. You are awesome, sir. <laughs> thank you man it's just it's about serving man it's about hey what because people already it, it's all in their head right people play in their head and be getting this mind game like i can't do it oh oh somebody else should do it oh um you know that's been done before it's like we don't have to reinvent anything here of course it's been done before but the, like i said and they're like how how do you go out and try to serve all these people i was like i'm not serving everyone you know there's 7.6 billion people in this world my goal is not to go and serve 7.6 billion people, right? If I have an effect on the next person and that next person, and then they just keep that going, right? Just have that mindset. Like I'm, I'm going to affect my community. I'm going to have that impact on my group of people. And then we grow from there. You, you mentioned mindset. Let's talk about your mindset. What is the biggest obstacle you have overcome in your own life? You know, for me, I, I struggled as a kid growing up, um, you know, having my dad pass away when I was eight, me being a middle child, um, not growing up with a father figure, growing up in a project, right? People like me aren't supposed to uh, have a life like this. People like me aren't supposed to have a family. It's like how sometimes I... I pinch myself like how did I get to where I am you know just being I've surrounded myself with um, people that love me people that care about me um, people that support me people that uplift me Um, but it was it was a very very big struggle growing up without a father figure not having someone to teach you teach me how to be a man teach me how to treat women Um, teach me the culture right you know being as a among men, it's, it's very tough when you don't have your father there to say, hey, we're going to go over to our relative's house. This is what's going to happen. We're going to talk about this. And having somebody walk you step by step through that. You know, there were uncles who played that part. There were cousins who played that part, but it wasn't um, to an intimate level. And, you know, just navigating myself through a culture has been very difficult. Navigating to where I am has been very difficult. And now being a father myself, I see how important, um, you know, that father figure role plays for your son, right? Um, how important it is a father figure plays for uh, a daughter as well. And just having that uh, makes me like, okay, I know how it is. I know the feeling of not having a dad when I was growing up. Now I have to be present in my son's life. I have to be present in my daughter's life because I know how important it is to uh, have a father figure in, in one's life man say it louder for the deadbeat uh, dads out there right totally man yeah, i'm like yeah. come on man you you know you're able to um create co-create right this this life you 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 were part of it to bring this 
person, this child who didn't ask for it, but you wanted to make that decision. It was a choice. And it's like, come on, you, this is how the cycle continues, man. It's people like in my situation aren't supposed to get to where I'm at. Right. It's like, that's why that's how the cycle continues. And it's like, I, I never had a father. So it's like, okay, then I'm just going to treat my kids like that. And then their kids like that grandkids and great grandkids and that cycle just continues. And that's, what's so hard. It's like, and I know I, like I'm going to be working with a younger population soon. I know that I'm going to have a program to um, reach out to them and, and to help them with life lessons to help them uh, navigate life. Cause as they're growing up, man, we live in this technology area now. All these kids, all they do is just on technology, video games, something like that. They're not learning these, what people call soft people skills, right? Soft skills of um, having a conversation, communicating, uh, having eye contact with somebody when you're talking with them, right? And not like on your phone, like, hey, how's it going? Da, da, da. I'm like, are you texting your friend who's sitting right next to you? Yeah. It's like, why? Can't you just turn around and say, talk to them and, and carry a conversation? It's not that hard, right? It's like, oh, you're right. It's like little things like that. I just, you know, I have, I'm going to have this program that I'm going to have coming up for kids. So, you know, I'm going to be reaching out and, and making sure that I'm working with the younger population. Have with, those that being, yeah, with that being said, what frustrates you the most about your clients? <laughs> I'd be on the phone, baby. <laughs> no, there's not much that's, there's, I want to say there's, 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 there isn't much that frustrates me with clients, right? Because it's about me being comfortable with them being comfortable where they're at. Because I can't, I'm not here to judge them. And prior to coaching, I was, I was, I would say I was very judgmental. You know, I would look at somebody and be like, hey, why is he just like that? Why does she have so many piercings? I was very judgmental. And now it's like, I don't know their story. I didn't know their perspective. It's about finding out who they are. It's about discovering them as a person, being curious and ask questions like, hey, why do you, um, you know, who are you? Like, what do you do kind of thing and your upbringing and understanding people. So I wouldn't say there's anything that I, that frustrates me with them. The one thing is maybe if like somebody cancels late on me, somebody, um, does it show up for appointment kind of thing? But again, that's what is their story? What is their what is happening in their life? Right, giving them that grace and just reaching out, say, "Hey, are you okay? Uh, is everything fine? I didn't see you in a call today. What's going on?" Right. So just giving them that grace and just being uh, comfortable with them being comfortable with that. Because I appreciate that. I'm like, "Hey, it's okay." They're like, I wish I was been doing this ten years ago. No, because in ten years ago you wouldn't have had this 10 year of experience that you've had built up to now. So don't tell yourself, oh, I wish I could have done that. I wish I could have done it. It's okay. Be comfortable with where you're at. Now you know where you want to get to. Now let's find ways to get there. And there's different routes to get there, right? I mean, you, you want to hear yourself? A few, I mean, there's a few cons that you mentioned, but what type of clients do you most like to work with? Those who are ready to move. Those, are, those who are ready to level up. Mm, yes. Those who are saying I want more right because you get somebody who's just like oh I want coaching why do you want coaching no I don't know (laughs) okay where how can I help you then you know and that and that's how we have these sessions where it's like okay if you and I were to get on a call you know I would feel you out you would feel me out make sure it's the right fit right between the both of us and not saying okay she's I'm gonna sign you up for this uh, coaching call right now without knowing where you want to go what your mindset is what you want to do so it's about getting that right feel and sometimes I would have to say to clients or potential clients say, you know, this is not a good fit. This is, I just don't see that you and I will be a good fit together. You know, I'm still here. If you want to reach out to me, if you want to talk, if you have any other questions, sure, I'm here to help you answer. But you and I are just, are just a good fit. Great. Do you offer online coaching? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, right now, it's, everything's online, right? Okay. Everything's across this uh, um, video conferencing format. And I love it because... Now I've been able to work with people halfway across the country, right? You know, I have a client who is a, who's from London and she's like, speaks with this uh, accent. And it's like, ah, every time I get in a call with you, I just love your accent, you know? <laughs> I just love hearing it. She's like, oh, thank you. You know, I'm just like, yeah. Because you just get to get a, a sense of 
uh, a different culture, how people treat things, how um, different parts of the world work, right? So just getting a mix of all of that. And that's what, that's, that's what's awesome about this uh, video format, video conferencing that, we, that we've been dealing with the past eight months more so, right? So, great, great. Have you been accredited through the ICF? No, so my so our coaching program doesn't do a deal with the ICF. Um, I got my my certification through the High Performance Institute. I'm not. Have you heard of heard, Have you heard of like Brendan Burchard? Yeah, I have. Okay, so I got my certification through him. Um, I got my certification through him, and it's a high performance coaching. So I'm a certified high performance coach, and this is it doesn't deal with the ICF. Okay uh that's great that's where you got your your training then i mean tell us what are your favorite three self-help books uh well of, of course it's going to be high performance habits right so that's you know that was written by brendan richard and that was i read that before i got into coaching and uh you know i would say hey i would highly recommend for people to read that um another self-help book that doesn't necessarily deal with like personal growth i would say the five love languages you know i read that and um, that has helped me immensely with my relationship with my wife. I just did uh, my relationship with my kids as well. I just see what love language speaks to them. And not necessarily saying, I feel like my love language is quality time. I want quality time with you because that's what yours should know. Right? It's about discovering what their love language is well and then uh, implementing that to it as well. Um, and then a the third book I would say is... Um, uh, recently i read oh uh, i read i recently read crushing it by gary vaynerchuk as well vaynerchuk. so that was that was a good one to read as well yeah so those are three that are off the top of my head that i've read recently what experience or what skills and experience have you gained outside of coaching do you integrate with your own practice i mentioned that a little bit earlier right just yeah, just being did. as a uh an older sibling well <laughs> you know this the story of mine is that I, i'm a middle child so i was i wasn't old enough to hang out with my older sibling but I was old enough to watch my younger sibling right so here I was being able to uh watch my younger siblings but I have grown to have a greater appreciation that because I've been able to connect and have a, a tighter closer relationship with my younger sibling um, and that has helped me with my coaching practice because I can use those experiences I use experience. I, I use a lot of experiences from my uh, athletic coaching background at, for my high performance coaching practice. Those, that, those are ones that I uh, rely a lot on. Like, cause I did work with a small group, I did work with a big group, and I did work one on one with players, right? Just to have that those meetings, and I use that um, as part of my experiences for my coaching practice, my high performance coaching practice. What do you expect to transpire from each coaching session? Hmm. I would say I would love for them to have a breakthrough every session, but that doesn't happen all the time, right? Um, going in with that mindset, because sometimes you go in and people aren't in the mindset to coach or to be coached. Um, so you kind of have to walk them through and just kind of figure out what is going on, what are those blocks, what are um, some areas that are holding you back and then to so you it's, it's a one hour time slot and I said this one hour time slot is kind of an outline of what your week is going to look like so just because you show up for a one hour once a week coaching session doesn't mean you're done with that work after our call right it's there's there's a lot of work that still has to be done between our next call one I'll send you know there's homework sheets there's um, tools that are sent to them so that they can fill it out and remind themselves of their journey, remind them, themselves of what's going on. Um, so, you know, I would say that just to have them show up and be present and be ready to, to learn. I, you know, sometimes it's they have an action that they take away from it, you know, some kind of um, moment, uh, some kind of thing that they can do after the call. And, and if not, you know, they still have this worksheet that they can fill out until our next session. Is that something ex expected from you after our coaching session? If you were coaching me, you, you send me with, me with homework to do? Uh, yes. You know, okay. Yes. So, you know, if like you and I were coaching, we'd be done. And then I'm like, hey, I, I also took notes. 
I'll send you notes of our call just to help remind you, right? To, to see what we talked about. And along with my notes will be a homework sheet. And if you, I'm here, if you need to reach out by email, by text, like send me, send me these questions because there might be questions that pop up during the week, right? I'm not gonna say, hey, we're our done. You can't contact me until our next session. No, I'm here, send me a text, send me an email. I might not respond to it right away, but I'll respond to it um, in a timely fashion just to get back to you. What do you expect from your clients during and after the coaching session? During and after. So during, for them to be present, and that's like shut off your phone, silence your phone, don't be searching through some um, other webpage. And I've had calls where it's just audio calls. So some, some clients of mine want to have that visual, visualization of when I'm coaching them or talking with them to not be distracted by um, the videos, right? Some want to be on video because then they can see me. Um, they could have that um, nonverbal communicators because I like that too. I enjoy that because when I'm talking to you and you, know, you have some kind of uh, aha moment or some breakthrough and here your eyes bulge up and you're like, ooh, you know, that's a great to see as well. Um, so one, I would just say, hey, just be present, limit those distractions, you know, be present in this call because I'm, uh, you committed to this one hour, I'm committing to this one hour as well, right? I'm here, I'm ready to coach you because how would you feel if I was coaching you and I was off over here, like doing something else, watching TV, you know, do all of that. It's like, no, I'm, we're present here together for this next hour. You and I are going to have this one moment and we're just sharing it with each other. I'm ready and, to get, yeah. I'm ready to get started, man. I'm ready to get started. And to be transparent, right? It's yeah, like yeah. what what you are dealing with, it's okay. Like let's 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 talk about it. Like, and and if there's and I would say, hey, I'm not a therapist. If there's deeper stuff there, deeper things, then I would recommend you to go see it there. Because I'm not a therapist, right? I'm a coach here. I'm a high performance coach, and I'm gonna help you get to your best version of yourself, right? But if you have in the past of things that you need to deal with, things that you need you're struggling with. I would recommend you to go and see a therapist and, and get counseling from a trained professional that way. Wrapping things up, Ellie, what does it mean to be a Hmong man? What does it mean to be a Hmong man? Ooh. <laughs> um, you know, growing up and, and not having a father figure, it's giving me a greater appreciation for Hmong women, you know, especially my mom. And then more so after we had kids, my wife, right? Just to see how the role that she plays and and um even my mother-in-law, right? And just having her struggle with her divorce and going through that. And um, you know, Hmong women who get divorced get this stigma put on them and it's not even true. So just being able to I would love for us Hmong men to be more vulnerable and be okay with opening up and popping a vein every now and then, right? And then not, not getting judged and, and um, not worry about being judged um, and being supportive of each other. Um, and then also supporting our, our Hmong women, you know? They're, they're our moms, our sisters, our daughters, our grandmas, they're all of that. And just being um, supportive and just being... Um, having each other's back. Um, so, you know, it was a struggle for me being a Hmong man growing up because I didn't know here I was. I wasn't Americanized enough. I wasn't Hmong enough because I didn't have a father figure to help me learn the culture and go that route, right? But now it's almost, again, it goes back to that self-discovery and self-navigating of, okay, I'm comfortable where I'm at. I may not understand um, the Hmong culture totally to a certain extent or a certain point, but I'm okay with that, you know, and, and I'm okay with asking for help. I'm okay asking questions, say, hey, I don't understand this. What do I need to do? And just being okay with that. Secondly, Ellie, can you give the younger version of yourself to be becoming the next NFL football player or the or the potential? My bad, because you're you are potential to yeah. be there. Yeah. So I can't say NFL, you know. Yeah, I can't either. Be, yeah. <laughs> We can't claim that, but let's say potential to be the next you know, NFL player, or you are actually indeed a high performance coach. What advice would I, you I, give I that? I still do like, 
Sorry, I, I said, I was just going to say, I still like to Google my name every now and then and find my name on the ESPN page because, you know, I was listed as one of the participants Close. at the combine. Right? So, so I'm like, yeah. Close enough. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but what I would say to um, a younger version of me or somebody who is like trying to achieve that, one, be curious, right? Ask questions. You don't know it. It's okay if you don't know because you only know what you know. But ask questions and, and, and be okay with asking for help. Like, and then number two, find a mentor, like attached to a mentor, find that mentor at a young age. I was like, I know this already. I know all of this. Oh, and if I don't know it, then I'll go and figure it out myself. Right. I'll go in and research and do the work myself. But one thing we don't understand, or I didn't understand until uh, later ages, like, man, pay for speed, pay for speed. And what I mean by that is pay for people to help you excel at a faster rate at a faster speed so that you can get to where you need to get to. Because don't wait until 30s or 40s and then now you're just figuring out where you want to do, why you want to do it. Pay for that at a younger age. And paying for it doesn't necessarily mean money, right? You could go volunteer your time. You can go do the dirty work. You can go say, hey, can I can I um, follow you for a week? I'll write, I'll be your note taker. I'll do everything for you. I'll write all of that. I just want to follow you for a week and see what you do on an everyday basis from morning to night. Just those things, right? And don't be so proud of like, ah, I already know all of that. I already know that. And if I don't know it, I'll go find out myself. We struggle with that. I wish at a younger age, you could, you know, like, like something for me, pay for speed, go and find it out faster so that I can get to where I need to get to at a faster rate. Lastly, I want to ask you, it's been a great, great guest on our podcast where can we follow you where can we find you give us a quick pitch on that well you can go to my website my website is elliotbang.com that's two l's two t's bang v-a-n-g.com uh you can find me there um, i have stuff on my website you can contact me connect with me there uh instagram you could go and talk with ellie uh that's that's my twitter i mean that's my uh instagram handle it's uh talk with ellie and that's e-l-e Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time for being on our podcast, man. I'm honored. I'm, I'm glad that we were able to connect and make this work. So thank you for having me. Well, that ends our episode. If you haven't yet, visit our website at www.momentalk.com or find us on Facebook, Moment Talk. Lastly, if you're listening on, on us on a podcast from Stitcher or Spotify, google play or itunes please give us an honest rating one last thing we want to give a shout out and dj peter for allowing us to use your song and beats thank you so much you can check them out on youtube